Welcome, one and all. It's the DC Comics News Podcast, and we're here with episode 65. We're going to talk DC News movies, DC News TV and streaming, DC News comic book, and we even have extra news or other news. With me is Mr. Brad Felicki. Hi, Brad. Hello. Mr. Seth Singleton. Greetings, Seth Meister. Why, hello. And we are going to talk everything DC. So, my friends, um, in a strange world we live in right now, things are crazy, things are hectic, and things are being moved and pushed around and delayed. But one of the stories we talked about last week, which we quickly debunked, if we remember, um, now has official commentary from director Paddy Jenkins and star Gal Gadot. They are saying... Yes, Wonder Woman 1984 is coming to theatres, but not when we expected. So, our first story for DC Comics in episode 65, Wonder Woman 84. We have a date. Brad, what are your thoughts, my friend? Uh, you know, August 14th. I think uh, I'm okay with that. Um, honestly, that's to me, that's kind of a bit of, a, a bit of good news, because it's not that dreaded indefinitely. We have a definite set date and really in the scheme of things it's not that far back from what it was you know it could have been they could have pushed it to next year or to november something like that but they didn't we'll still see it in the summer so i think that's i think that is uh, is pretty promising uh seth i'm kind of in a funny place with this one part of me is pleased that the pushback is such a short time period. And then another part of me is concerned that it's such a short distance from the original, well, the most recent, which had been a release date of June 5th. I want this to be the final date that we can all agree on. But I'm still watching a climate around me that has so much uncertainty. It's like watching storm clouds and knowing there's a 50% chance of rain. You're just sitting there going, uh, it, it could go either way. We could get some, we could get none. And it feels like with the uh, current climate, there's this sense of mm, that we haven't really properly predicted what might be happening or how far it can go because we don't fully understand what we're dealing with. I love the optimism behind it, though. And there's a part of me that wants to say, you know what, by August 14th, we're going to be able to go into the theater and watch this movie. And until something changes that makes me doubt that, this is something I like the idea of hanging my hat on. Or uh, as an old description once said, throwing my hat over the wall, knowing I have to climb over it now because I've committed myself. Steve, tell me about what you were thinking. Exactly the same, really. It was just a little bit scary when we thought and it was it was a dumb idea that this film, this uh, thing that everyone is really looking forward to seeing, could possibly come out straight to home or digital uh, marketing and skip appearing on screen. And honestly, uh, I was so glad when that was almost immediately debunked. And now to hear words from Paddy Jenkins and from Gal saying, listen, we made Wonder Woman for 1984 for the big screen, and I believe in the power of cinema. In these terrible times when theatre owners are struggling, and they are, 
We're excited to redate our film to August 14th. And we all said it last week. This just means that should everything go the way we want it to, that this pandemic is brought to its knees and we fight forward and, and things go the way we want them to go, this summer is going to be absolutely killer for theatrical content, TV content, and for getting brand new comic books from every publisher out there. So I'm just going to try and keep as positive as we can because it's a scary enough world out there without us all saying, ho-hum, I give up. We ain't never going to give up. We are superheroes. And I am keeping my glass as half full as it possibly can be, and then putting gas bubbles in it so it bubbles right to the top of the glass, even when it is only half full. And that's the way I intend to look at it. So, are you with me, my brothers? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm with you, Jim. I'm yeah, with you. absolutely. Indeed. So, moving on from that, one thing that has had its digital release, and I will admit, I got it. We watched it, and I still love it. Birds of Prey is out on digital platforms, and it's every bit as great as I remember it being in the theatre. Brad, are you getting your digital copy of this wonderfully entertaining movie? You know, I probably will. Uh, And I'm going to echo what I said uh, last week, that I think this is kind of a good good thing for this film because it's going to expand its audience. it had a rocky performance in theaters, and now it's got a whole new platform to be um, to get ex- to help people get exposed to it. And I think people that maybe were hesitant to see it in the theater can now jump on the idea of seeing it digitally, uh, especially when everybody's kind of stuck at home right now. Uh, it's a perfect time to pick it up and watch it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it could be a good thing uh, for this film. Uh, Seth, what do you think? It's on my list. I'm picking it up. I already had to uh, just go through the navigation process of checking in with my wife and saying, this is something we didn't get a chance to go out and see. And it's something I want to support now. Let me know your thoughts, because either we're watching it together or I'm getting it and I'm watching it by myself. But I don't want to get in trouble for excluding you. And I know that sometimes you're not sure about something until I get you to sit down and watch it with me. And then five or 10 minutes in, you look at me and go, okay, this was a good choice. Let's dig in. So I'm looking forward to having that great experience. Uh, When it comes to birds of prey, I think this is a movie that was already, you know, sort of setting up for the potential of becoming a cult classic even though it didn't have the amazing numbers that you know many might have expected in theaters. If it can build right now on an audience base hungry for great content, great storytelling, and so many wonderful things I heard from you guys about it, from the comfort of their homes while they're in a place where they need something to look up to, this is a perfect opportunity for it to build on an audience that wasn't able to go out and see it in theaters. And for those who did to relive all the wonderful experiences and sort of remember that there is so much we can look forward to when this time has passed. How about you, Steve? Uh, I know you were a, a, a very vocal fan of this movie. 
Absolutely. Um, I saw this film in the theatres with my son's girlfriend and some of my students, some of the kids I've mentored over the years, and we loved it. But today we sat down, we watched it on our TV. I plugged in the surround sound system and my wife watched it for the first time and she really, really enjoyed it. So, Seth, yes, see it with your missus, brother, because it's a great movie to enjoy with a lady in your life, by yourself, with friends, or with anyone of a like mind. It's a great piece of entertainment. Um, I'm sad it didn't do as much in the box office as, as it deserved to, but just like Brad said, this is brilliant timing with people stuck at home this is exactly the kind of movie that'll make two hours fly by and you'll just have a great great time watching some girls kick ass take no prisoners with a crazy soundtrack brilliant visuals it's the perfect movie to be stuck at home with honestly think that so well done Warner brothers i think this film is going to be on home release a much bigger hit and it deserves to be it really really does so kudos i like that makes me happy so moving on from something that's out and from something that is now definitely coming out to murkier waters and when i mean waters i mean the deepest oceans and abyssal trenches uh the aquaman writer has gone on record to talk about the aquaman sequel and the horror spin-off the trench brad what did you make of this story my brother i two things popped out to me uh with this is just the fact that i'm so glad that the trench is moving forward i was kind of wondered if that would kind of get put to the wayside with uh with everything going on at dc and everything you know we haven't really heard much about it lately so i'm glad that that's still kind of you know that so far it's still happening and uh you know the black manta checking out uh the old stories of him if you wanted to kind of get a hint of what's happening in uh aquaman too so i'm, I'm kind of excited that it seems like we're going to be getting a lot more black manta in uh, in the second one seth what do you think you uh you you sort of stole most of what i was going to say brad so i almost want to just say hey just rewind it by about 30 seconds to a minute and listen to everything brad just said no um i was caught by a couple of things as well first off with the idea that the trench is moving forward the confidence that i felt in these answers but also as part of that was this feeling that there was this recognition that it's taking place between aquaman and one and two but it should have connections. There should be threads. And those pieces are still being worked out. And I love the potential that if you know this movie is going to be placed in between the two, um, then why not look for ways you can plant seeds, build a storyline that carries from the trench into Aquaman 2, sets up a character, any other opportunity like that, because you have it available to you. Why not seize it while it's right there in front of you? And then, of course, you know what was said about the... Uh, the fact that if you want to know what's going on, what what we can expect from Aquaman 2 and what the uh, the basis is, we'll go back to the Silver Age stories with Black Manta. And I love that idea of saying you want to look at what our source material is, Silver Age, anything with Black Manta. Go ahead. That's what we're drawing from. So there could be pieces and elements and the way that they're brought into one complete story on screen is a really fun 
potential that I, I love the idea of considering. I love the way it's presented here. And I love the focus and the recognition of saying, this is where we're drawing our ideas from. This is what we're looking to. And the suggestion that this also includes quite a bit of fighting or, as the story calls it, throwdowns. Steve, what was your thoughts, my friend? What I loved about the first Aquaman movie is even though the majority of the story was specifically the battle between brothers and the battle for the throne of Atlantis between Orm and Arthur, the Black Manta was there. He was throughout the film and with every appearance he made, he got scarier and scarier, but he got delivered a more and more decisive beat down by Aquaman, which makes for me a sequel starring him as the main villain all the more enticing because you feel for this guy. Actually, he's lost his dad. He's developing technology based on Atlantean um, science. And he's coming back for vengeance and he's coming back for blood. And when I hear words like, if you want to know what roughly this movie is going to be about, check out Silver Age Black Manta Aquaman stories. That just gets me a hell of a more excited for this film, because, again, that's the era when I was a kid. That's the era when, for me, as a lifelong Aquaman fan, someone who always cringed when people... Um, were horrible about the character and said, oh, he talks to fish and he rides giant seahorses and that whole Super Friends era. This character is awesome. The Aquaman movie made him even more so. And if we're going to the Silver Age and seeing his classic throwdowns with Black Manta, then we're going to see some real Aquaman magic. So bring it on. As for the trench a horror movie based in the depths of the ocean with some scary ass villains. I mean, guys, um, what did you actually make of the trench in the first Aquaman movie? Because I actually thought they were incredible. And that whole scene with the thousands of them swimming down after Arthur and, ah, oh, it was just great. Wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. It, it actually gave me that feeling of claustrophobia that if you've ever been out in the ocean and you suddenly get caught in a bit of a swirl and you can sort of like, hey, I need to fight to either keep my head above water or get back above water. You know, you're dealing with people that live underwater, so you don't generally feel that. But suddenly when the trench came into play, I felt that sense of like, you have to get you have to get to the light. You have to. This thing is like swarming around you like ants. I mean, it's it's going to seal you in this pit of darkness. And it was really an impressive moment that sort of really raised the tension i i thought it was beautiful exactly could not have put it better it was a horror movie moment in a film which was pure um action and color and vibrancy and in places it was indiana jonesy in places it was like a, a, a total action movie and not even a superhero movie and then they threw in that horror segment and it, that's what i loved about aquaman it was a lot of different movies rolled into one and, and james one did a great job so with this feel i'm getting for the sequel and for the spin-off yep i'm, I'm just looking forward to both films equally and now we know when the trench is set and as you say seth if we can get a couple of seeds linking both movies in this spin-off absolutely brilliant 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 looking forward to it so 
What else have we got to look forward to? Well, a little movie by a chap called Gunn. And he's working from home. And he's putting the final edits on the Suicide Squad. Brad, Seth, let me know your thoughts on um, someone else who's stuck at home, but who's doing probably something a little bit more productive than what the three of us are doing. Brad, what did you make of this story? Yeah, it's glad to see that it was in that kind of sweet spot where it was already filmed so that it is in that position where it doesn't have to be a whole production. He can sit at home and put it together and tinker with it and maybe even make it better than it would have been had he had another fuller schedule. So, uh, yeah, that's good. And I don't think that that's another bit of good news in all this is that this movie probably won't be delayed. So, uh, yeah, and maybe that means we'll get to see a trailer or some footage here pretty soon. Uh, Seth, what do you think? The word that comes to mind is fastidious. I love the feeling of how you can either succumb to, oh, goodness, I can't go out. Whatever am I to do? Or you can say, wow, I have all of this work that I can spend so much more time on. And in between, do this great list of stuff. I I love the tweet that says, yeah, what am I doing? Well, working at home. Writing, meditating, exercising, talking with my girlfriend, talking with others on the phone, playing with my cat and dog, making a Spotify playlist for you, which I love he adds that channel in case you guys want to check that out. And sort of get a feel for what he's listening to while he's working on this, because that's one of my favorite secrets when writers are like, yeah, you want to hear what I was listening to while I wrote this? That's a fun story. It makes you want to go and find that and then think about what that sort of inspiration is feeding into the, the, the craft. And then now while he's editing, how that you know shapes that lens, that filter that I love editors place on something when they start looking at, okay, you've got this raw content. Now what's the story we're telling with it and how can we shape all these? So Brad, I love that you brought up the idea of how he's got more time, less going on in his schedule, which allows for... Uh, greater focus on the editing task. It's something that can be done at home. And I like the idea that we only know about this one element right now. How many other post-production pieces can be worked on from home right now that, you know, are cementing the future of this movie and its eventual appearance in screens? Steve, I'm sure you have more to add on this. When it comes to technology, yeah, the machines are going to take over and destroy us all. But in the meantime, being able to work from home, digital editing suites, um, special effects, digital effects, stuff that can be worked on from offices or home offices, just make me a little bit more secure in the knowledge that these films that we're looking forward to are coming. And then little things, just like you said, Seth, where... A creator we're all fans of. James Gunn can say that he's at home talking with his girlfriend, medicine, exercising, playing with his cat and dog, doing things that um, just humanize him and make him even more lovable while he's finishing this movie that everyone's dying to see. Just make everything feel a little bit more um, real and safe in a time where everything is completely surreal and there's times when. All of us look around and we don't feel that safe. It's just a lovely way of looking at things. And um, it's the kind of thing that makes me happy and positive, which is what we need right now, isn't it, boys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Indeed. And you know what? We need great music. You know, we need to be reminded that we're we're 
we're among an artistic community. We're artists ourselves. We're writers and storytellers. We we're bound by these things like music that lift us up that just like listening to podcasts, just like creating them, they give us a place to focus our energies instead of the worry and the doubt. And I love that he's sharing that and saying, hey, you want to know what I'm listening to? Here's a chance to change your music taste. Here's a chance to tap into what I'm looking at. Or here's a chance to just consider some music you might not have thought about listening to right now. Go ahead. You might like it. And in the meantime, he even says, how are you guys passing the time? Which is almost like an invitation of share your music list with me. Tell me what you're listening to. Let me enjoy that sort of possibility that I only get because of you. What a great invitation. Listen, guys, I lost my mind when Scott Snyder released his Dark Knight Metal Spotify playlist. The fact that he's working on a second one. And I've got James Gunn's The Suicide Squad Spotify playlist to listen to, which I'm going to get on to that tomorrow. Then bring it on, baby. (laughs) Music is be the food of love. Play on, sir. Play on. (laughs) And something else that's playing on, but uh, delayed is the pre-production on the Flash movie starring Ezra Miller. But I'm taking this as positive. It is still happening. Brad, what did you make? Yeah, I I am glad it is still happening. And uh, there is a little bit of a bright note, too, at the end of the article, is that some of the the teams can still start working from home, uh, like the art team and things like that. So work can still progress on this so that hopefully when everybody can go out that it can you know it can uh hit the ground running and hit into production so uh you know and and maybe also like similar to the james gunn story maybe it'll give them time to tinker with everything in the designs and come up with something uh really incredible so uh yeah maybe it'll turn out to be a good thing seth what do you think I'm I'm definitely heartened and encouraged by the fact that this is pre-production and knowing that there are still so many things that can be done during pre-production that don't require meeting in person, being outside of the house, things like that. They really let me know that people know that this film has already had challenges and because it has an opportunity to keep moving forward, it can do so right now and it can do so by you know taking advantage of the different ways that Brad was just talking about how you can you know spend some time on ideas you might not have had the luxury of time to work on now you do and in addition to that um, just as a little note for anybody who hasn't picked it up yet if you've had a chance to read the most recent Flash comic there's some really fun connections to the film version that I love the idea of seeing where they could go. And I love the fact that there could be this really interesting series of threads between the two. And thinking about while you're working on pre-production, where and how you could take advantage of something like that or any other you know, example like we recently saw with the crisis uh, you know, sort of pop-in appearance – other ways that you could take advantage of this pre-production time to set up some great planning for opportunities like that, ways that you can do just a little bit more or take a slightly different approach that brings new details to light, new opportunities uh, into the realm of possibility. Pre-production seems to be one of those things like editing 
that isn't going to be deterred as greatly by people uh, being able to work from home. And it sounds like there's a chance it could still stay on track with its original schedule, despite uh, the concurrent complications. Steve, what's your thoughts, my friend? What I will say is that in Eunice, we trust um, Eunice Hattart, who uh, is the lady who spoke out in this article, is a, a bit of a UK success story and a national treasure. This lady um, is is quite incredible. She's one of the most respected stunt coordinators and people who get actors screen ready in the world right now. And she had very humble beginnings. She was a contestant on uk gladiators and i'm sure so you, you guys had uh, gladiators in the us as well right where more normal mortals yeah. took part against challenges against people who were more or less superheroes and supervillains yep well eunice started as a contestant on that show and she was so amazing not only did she kick ass and become a gladiator champion in the final season of the show she was actually promoted to full-on gladiator and in the years in between she's gone on to become one of the most respected stunt coordinators in the business she's recently wrapped the rise of skywalker star wars film her next movie is flash and she's saying yeah that's my next product it is still happening it didn't start uh, when we expected it to it's not going to start probably till the end of april beginning of may i'm not sure exactly but it is happening in Eunice, we trust this lady is a star. As I said, in the UK, she's hugely loved and respected. Um, so I'll take the lady's word for it and I'll look forward to it. I'll keep reading my Flash comics, just as you say, Seth. These little things that are happening in the book are so hopefully indicative of things that we may see in the movie. And that cameo from Ezra in Crisis on Infinite mm-hmm. Earths yeah, was pure, pure magic. I love Flash. that cameo. <laughs> the flash mm. indeed <sighs> hey so steve i have to ask what, what yeah. was your thought when you saw that in the comic like when he started putting together those you know adjustments to the suit because of where he was i mean i'm not going to get too much into the comic right now but if you're reading the current storyline uh you know that flash is going up against an enemy who has the ability to access a different world one that kind of exists after time has moved forward and as soon as he started building the pieces of that suit i was like i know that suit i know that suit right and then when another really popular uh piece of flash history popped up and i was like oh oh hi (laughs) between the two of them my brain just started going okay so why isn't i'm seeing an element from the movie in the comic And what can I see from the comic in the movie? And are they planting seeds right now for things that, oh, man, it it started a a whirlwind. You know, I I kind of felt like little Jai. (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked me because, honestly, it feels like, particularly since the rebirth, this series of The Flash um that th- has been on fire since three birth this, this comic book has been great mainly due to joshua williamson's fantastic work and the way they're almost blatantly pulling things out from ezra miller's flash and, and the fact that this this new big bad's called paradox for a start if that doesn't just like tell you um yeah i'm gonna mess up with every version of the flash you ever knew about then 
amazing return of godspeed and everything else that goes with it it's an exciting exciting time to be a flash fan and with this movie coming please let it happen i need to see ezra miller back in the suit especially now that he knows he's flash he has a name and he's been another version himself who's completely different to him but the same guy and whatever else that goes with it it's just a great time to be a flash fan oh it's an amazing time man i i was completely moved by all of that you know there was just this feeling of excitement um williamson has blown me away i mean what what he's doing with that storytelling and also do you remember the previous version of Paradox from the Flash stories? Um, I think the last time I saw him was uh, in the uh, Armageddon, I think. Armageddon 2001. Are you more different? Yeah. Like such a such a I mean, it was just an amazing story. And I love the way they made it about, you know, the people that we don't think about. Right. I love when comics stop and go. Yeah, there was this big, amazing moment. Now that it's been so much time into the into the you know forward, let's look back at something that you didn't pay attention to and how the consequences of that, without even knowing about it, are now coming back again. Wow, just <laughs> really lovely stuff. Really lovely stuff. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with the way that they're drawing from that, and like you said, blatantly, like they're saying, go ahead, call us on it. Um, in fact, it was something I noticed about the White Knight recently, uh, starting, you know, issue seven with the Amazing. reappearance of a very popular vehicle and just going like, oh, wow, that was just so blatant. <laughs> like, it's just sort of like you know, stuck a big with right. that series is literally just saying, I'm a Batman fanboy. These are some of the things I fan about. And if you like them, great. Take this and enjoy and it's not just the fact that which Batmobile he used. Did you see what he did with that Batmobile in the final issue? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? I suddenly thought oh. lobster. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, as soon as I saw that moment, I was like, that reminds me of a lobster. It reminds me of, you know what I mean, with the tail idea. and So brilliant. Such a, such a just a, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I was yeah. really pleased. Guys who are so clearly talented, like Joshua Williamson and Sean Murphy. And you just let them go nuts with their favorite characters. I mean, I was a little bit concerned at first because when I saw uh, teaser trailers and I saw some sketches for the final issue and I saw Batman with a gun, I thought, no, 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 Sean, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Um, I should have just shut up and let him get on with it because what he delivered with White Knight and Curse with the White Knight is a Batman we've never seen before. A Batman you could never have in standard canon continuity. But yet the most classic vintage old school Batman ever at the same time. So listen, listeners, everyone out there, everyone who's stuck at home. And now that we know we're not going to get some new comics for a while. If you've got DC Universe, if you've got access to Comixology, go to the beginning of the rebirth. Read everything flashed by Joshua Williamson. Go get every issue of the first white knight miniseries and now the final issue of curse of the white knight the sequels come out those are some great stories that you yeah you the one with the headphones that aren't working properly and you're moving around the little 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 jack piece now so you can hear us properly plug it in listen to what we're saying download these comics you won't 
regret it. And like I said to Brad and to Seth and several others about a little lesser known book called Justice League Dark, which is also one of the best comic books out there. Hmm. Buy these books. If you don't like them, I will give you your money back. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. And on that note, let's talk about another tiny little comic book which no one's heard of, which led to a little spin-off TV show which no one enjoyed, not even Barack Obama. A little show called Watchmen. And how are they letting you know the best way to wash your hands during this scary coronavirus crisis? Brad, what did you make of how you wash the Watchmen? I love it. I I miss the show. So seeing everybody back again was kind of nice. Um, and, you know, on my Facebook page, I always do a video of the day. And I think uh, tomorrow that that's going to have to be my video of the day for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun and informative. And uh, yeah, definitely watch it for sure. Uh, Seth, what do you think? I'm going to count to 20. One. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I was I was so hooked. Um, boy, what a voice! What a great way to mash up all of these great characters. Um, whether it was your favorite stay-at-home dad, or uh, someone whose only sort of address appears to be master, master, master. Um, <laughs> I, I loved every character, watching them reappear, seeing them. Um, I think perhaps, um, yes, I, I think I think it had to be the uh, the costume choice. The uh, I believe it's the Mother Knight. No, Sister Knight. Thank you, Sister Knight. Uh, choice. And uh, there was just something about the execution behind it that was just a really lovely addition. Everything about the commercial was just so much fun. But I also love the idea of, sure, these are the Watchmen, but now they're talking to you about how you can become one of the Watchmen. Steve, let me know your thoughts, my friend. Um. Just every different version. We've Gene Smart as Laurie just literally having a rant <laughs> direct to screen about why are you looking at my door? Get the hell out of here. This isn't safe. I'm just <laughs> gonna count to twenty. Uh, and and I have to respect to Tom Meissen because he played like Mr. Phillips from five different angles in five different costumes, being completely and utterly hat stand and Honestly, this video is one of the greatest pieces of nonsense I've ever seen in my entire life. And I will treasure it for the rest of my days. This, to me, could be the highlight so far of this whole coronavirus pandemic. And if it was you that did this, Ozymandias, if this is your plague upon humanity, ha, ya boo sucks to you because this video is your doom. (laughs) And Brad, on that note, please share that. <laughs> on that note, uh, while I uh, take my meds, uh, uh, mm, mm, we're going to take breath. a little break. Uh, that's our uh, first segment done. We actually jumped into the, a little bit of the second segment because I couldn't hold my excitement for that Watchman ad. But now 
we have to pay some bills. We have to hear about all the other great shows on this network. And we have to take our well-needed medication. We'll be back momentarily. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. And here we are with part two of the DC Comics News podcast, episode 65. And uh, we've had a break. We've come back refreshed and we've calmed down a little bit. And if you believe that you believe anything to give you a couple more pieces of TV and streaming news, and when you hit a high, you have to take a little tumble. Stargirl is being delayed, and all the CW shows are getting a restructure and a reschedule and some reruns. Re, 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 re. Brad, let us know your thoughts, my friend. I think this is something that we all knew was, was kind of coming uh, with everything that's going on. Um, you know, it's just something that we kind of have to roll with those punches as we all get through this. Um, so, you know, it's just something that we have to deal with. I'm still really looking forward to the Stargirl premiere, so I'm kind of bummed that I have to wait a little longer. Um, but I think that, you know, like Steve, like you were saying, that it's going to be an amazing summer with all this stuff coming out. And I think with these pushbacks, that's just going to add to a pretty incredible summer. And uh, Seth, what do you think? For the most part, I completely agree with you that we knew this was coming. You know, there was a part of us that recognized that there had already been announcements about production coming to a stop, about the decision not to have new material. Uh, there, The idea that there would be more delays to follow as the sense and scope began to uh, sort of make its uh, possibilities a part of the decision for scheduling. Uh, what we're left with is, as the article points out, is the wait and see. There's only going to be an opportunity to move forward once what we feel has been the worst points of the coronavirus have passed. And we know that there is a timeline for when things can begin to resume 
what our life was before, however close we can get to that. I'm also intrigued by the fact that Stargirl was pushed back by a week, but we can still see it on May 18th and 19th uh, between DC Universe and CW, respectively. So I'm I'm still looking forward to seeing that. I, I'm still really encouraged by what I felt was a bright optimism that, that emanated from the trailers we saw for that show. And I also believe that the uh, addition of the, the JSA as part of that show is going to add to that. So I'm looking forward to those things that we can still sort of see on the horizon while the others do the same thing that the rest of us have to do right now, which is to take a moment to think about the larger world, the greater community, stay at home as we all responsibly can, and know that we can resume once this moment is passed, but that the more we work together right now, the closer that time can come. Steve, how about you, my friend? Be a hero, stay indoors, stop the spread of this virus, and watch some great tv while you're doing so um yeah we knew this was coming it's not a great shocker and the fact that there's a uh, an idea in place that something's going to happen to keep us busy in the meantime and star has only been laid by a couple of weeks it's not a huge thing where we're never going to see this show it is still coming it's gonna take flash's spot until schedules catch up and hey that's good news for us fans in the uk as well because finally um e4 the uk network has started showing batwoman which means in seven or eight weeks they'll have caught up with uh, sky one uh, they'll start airing Crisis from the very beginning. Um, hopefully we'll watch them in order, even if it's across two different networks instead of just one. And it's a lot better than the fact that we honestly thought that we'd only get four out of the five chapters in this country. We are now going to get all five. And then hopefully by the time that happens and we've caught up to where you guys are post-crisis, um, we'll get all the CW shows back and they'll finish them and we'll get the whole season end within a week or two of you guys in the US. So again, it's a scary time, but I'm going to be positive. I'm going to enjoy everything I can. Um, In your honor, Seth, um, I've actually started pulling out some old long boxes and over the courses of Wednesday and yesterday, I reread the whole run of 52. I restarted countdown Uh yesterday so um, I'm just enjoying some classics and going back to my late teens and early 20s to read some great stories, including the first appearance of the wonderful Kate Kane in comic book form. So, um, guys, listen, there's some great stuff out there. Listeners, do yourselves a favor and uh, catch up on some stuff while all the new stories, all the new TV shows, all the new comic books get finished get the release dates and we whip this virus's butt what did you make of that seth have i surprised you (laughs) i'm very pleased sir i'm 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 really pleased i mean how much fun is that huh i love those 52 books i love that first appearance of kate i love that moment when renee says it's not a bad girl that's a bad woman like, right. that's just that. I mean, that that was such a hot line. I just remember that sort of like recognition, respect, a little bit of awe and maybe a little bit of attraction of like, 
Oh no. Oh no. Don't don't be deceived now. This this is a lady. This is a woman. Be be fully aware. This is a confident um and very dangerous woman as well. This is a bat woman. Heads up. Oh yes. Um not a, wow, uh, what a yeah, it, it, it's got me so, so excited about this Black Adam movie. Because I'd honestly oh. forgotten about that whole war with Kandak and um, um, Zari from uh, Legends of Tomorrow's original incarnation as someone who cannot be named in modern society without people giving you a funny look as Isis and the tragedy and the horror and and the beautiful love story and the fact that for a long part of that 52 week story, Black Adam was a hero. He, he was, was so amazing. Oh, <laughs> that's probably still the best Black Adam story ever, right? Oh God. And yeah. that moment, I love that moment when Isis turns and says the one thing you never expect her to say. And when she does, and she's just looking at him like, do this for me, do this because you love me. And I thought to myself, what a horrible onus to put on one man who you know, one amazing person of power, who you know will take those words and make them like a torch in his heart. You know, will never let that flame go out and will burn with that sort of righteous. Oh, my God. What a <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I'm still stuck by that moment as soon as she utters those lines, because she every time you read it, you're like, please don't don't you know the path you'll set him on. And she's so betrayed that it's just like, you know what? They've earned it. I'm setting you loose. Go. Be be whatever you can. Do whatever you will. Ah, uh, that is that is probably the best Black Adam story I've ever. And if that's something we could see, oof, wow. Yeah, folks, if you haven't had a chance, if you want to get a taste of what we could be seeing when it comes to the potential of the Black Adam movie and what we might be able to dig into with the idea of a character lost through time now in the present and the politics of where he's from. Oh God. And then a love story to boot. And then the humanity of creating his own Oh Yeah, Steve, that's just, uh, that's some great storytelling. You must've had so much fun. I'm, I'm going to have to go. I've honestly those. forgotten how crazy good 52 was. And again, I don't know if this this series is available on DC Universe for you guys in the States. If it is, again, listeners, no new stuff. Great, 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 great classic stuff. Get on it because Diamond Comics ain't going to be bringing you new comics for a while. Seth, (laughs) Rad, tell me your feelings on no new comics for a while from Diamond. Rad. Mm. you know, I, I we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and uh, um, uh, the collector in me is is kind of glad because there's not going to be a slew of stuff that I'm going to have to go and catch up on. We'll all kind of be at the same spot. But what really worries me in a real world level is the effect that this is going to have on the. Co- comic shops that so far have managed to stay open because not everybody is on complete lockdown like you know like us on the east coast and Seth you on the on the west so I just hope that um, that that this doesn't hurt those small comic shops that can stay open because uh, they're facing enough challenges as it is so it's just um, 
and, and again, it's one of those things that it's just it's probably necessary. And it's just like one of those things where we have to kind of understand and pull together and just take a breath and, you know, like you said, catch up on those classics. So it's just it's just something that we have to uh, they have to power through. You know, like they say, the way out is through. So we just kind of have to get through this. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just really rooting for those those small comic shops and, uh, you know, and Diamond itself is a company that they can, you know, weather the storm. Seth, what do you think? Brad, you know, I really appreciate that you brought up that concern about uh, the local shops that provide that great environment that are um, a focal point where you can go to find the most recent as well as treasured favorites in one location with a spirit that embraces the love for the comics and the characters that showcase their stories and bring them to life for us. This is heartbreaking. Uh, Cape and Cowan Comics in uh, Oakland, one of my, um, I mean, it's it's my favorite place to go and just feel at home. I, I've i done my best to try and like keep up with what they're doing. They've done their best to try and be curbside pickup and operate under the same restrictions that are being applied to a lot of restaurants right now. You know, they're providing free delivery up to 25 miles, which is just stunning service. And I know that with the newest stimulus package that there's options available for loans and things like that, but whether or not that's a financial reality they can really take on, it's a concern. And I do recognize the fact that Diamond is not trying to put them in a hole by saying, we're gonna keep pushing books out there and you either have to make a choice to buy and maybe go in debt or get passed by and never recover after things, you know, begin to pick up again. But that they're saying we're looking at a way we can do this right by you, by all of us. And just like we're being asked to stay at home, they're holding on to their product for right now. They're stopping shipment. They're no longer doing distribution until they can figure out what the best course of action is for everyone. Because, man, when you go through this story and you start looking at all these different things that are being shut down from the warehouses, you think about the employees, you think about the people and how many people could get passed over if they were pressing on and trying to do something that just ignored the consequences of what we're experiencing. They're not. They're doing a responsible thing. They're stopping and assessing and they're looking for the best route to go now. I'm always going to ask for a company to be responsible and respectful when it comes to those that it serves and provides for. I think this is a responsible move. I just know how hard it is. And I am brightened by the fact that, Steve, I took a look on DC Universe. All 52 issues of 52 are there, my friend. There are books you can read, catch up on, you can look forward to. Hey, if there's things that maybe you wanted to get a better knowledge base on before you started reading new titles, do it now. So that when those new titles come out, you have a chance to be there, ready, waiting, maybe biting at the bit like the rest of us, and knowing that you've got all these great things to look forward to, which we all can, because we're taking the time right now to do the responsible thing and see what the best path forward is. Steve, I, I'm sure you have many thoughts as well, my friend. This is the perfect time for any fan who wants to up their knowledge and read some classic, classic stories. It's also a time to uh, take stock about your own situation, sure, and that of your family and friends, specifically uh, people who are at risk, in more danger, 
of of surviving this virus if they catch it the elderly but also your local comic book shop because a lot of these businesses are independent they don't have huge backing and even some of the bigger comic book shops still rely on traffic and customers to go in and out and I like digital comics. It's a great way of catching up with stuff that might be hard to track down or pick up. But Brad, as you said, we were talking before we started recording. For me, that whole thing of having a comic book in your hands, turning the page, the smell of the ink on the paper, picking up an old graphic novel, which has been like a friend to you for years, if not decades. And not just that. We talked last week how the whole experience of New Comic Book Day or Free Comic Book Day, when that comic book store isn't just somewhere you go in, you pick up your pull list, you pay the guy behind the counter and you walk away. It's where you meet friends. You get recommendations and, hey, have you read this book by this writer? Have you seen the art in this book? Oh, damn, yeah, check this out. You really need to look at this. Think about the people who work in that comic book store. Get the books you've ordered. If you can't go in physically and get them, find out if there's a way that you can get them posted out. Hey, if I pay another 10 bucks postage, I don't care. But some local stores are, like Seth said, providing this as a free extra service at their own cost and expense. Do this, guys. I do not want to imagine a world where there isn't a local comic book store. Support these people. There are friends. They're not just someone you pick up a comic book from a couple of times a month. Um, The amount of conversations I've had with these guys, I count them as my friends. They know me by name when I come into the store. and That's a level of service that is priceless. You can't put a, a tag on that. Just just think of think of these people, think of these businesses and support them and be there for them when this whole crisis abates and we can go back into these stores and pick up the books that we love. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, that's going to be my first. I guarantee you that'll be my first stop once everything does open up. Hell no yeah. Restaurants, no, I'm, I'm heading right to Midtown Comics. <laughs> Damn <laughs> and, You know. And I'm really looking forward to that day when Wednesday can be my favorite day of the week again. Uh, Brad, listen. You know, is always my favorite. Being someone that likes to go to NYC on an annual basis, I know that Midtown is not my local comic book store, but in many ways it is because when I'm there, that four or five days every year, that is my go-to store. Yeah. And um, they're great in there. And I will not go to New York and not go to Midtown on Times Square. Uh Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. Have to be there. And next time I'm there, brother, you and I are getting together. Yes, we should. We absolutely should. Definitely. Yes, we are. (laughs) I love that idea. Hey, you know, Steve, you know what I was thinking about, too, while you Mm -hmm. were talking and it's just something that um, it reminds me of why we love these stories so much. Do you remember the recent Justice League journey into the sixth dimension? What happened to Superman? 
the choice that Batman had to make when it came to aligning a path that would provide enough sunlight for him to actually get home back to them. And what seemed like a choice that had no redemptive qualities to it, but actually ended up being a pathway home. Do you, does anyone else remember that? I just remember thinking that Batman, what the hell? Dude, hero, what the actual, what? And then I thought, Steve, shut up. It's Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And and it's a great writer who loves these characters. Trust what's happening. Uh So that discovery later, when they found the hope, when I think back on the Dark Knights, uh, when I think on metal, and I think of almost the overwhelming sense of, oh, my God, how can you defeat villains like this? How can you overcome these challenges? Well, in all of those stories, there were moments that seemed hopeless, where it seemed like everything that was surrounding was out to destroy that which we loved. And those guys persevered. The people around them, the everyday people, persevered. Stranger things than we are experiencing, mountains popping up in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) you know, all sorts of other cataclysms that these heroes inspire us to remember that they face these darkest moments, too. You know, and when you were talking right then, I was just reminded these are the shops. These are the places. These are the heroes that are facing a dark moment, too. And if we can be there for them, if we can be heroes ourselves and support them through this time, then no matter how dark it might seem, we've got that opportunity. You know, that's a that's a gift that we have. And it's one we can be inspired by when we go back and reread some of these great stories, when we take the lessons they share with us, when they embody the things we know we're capable of and we want to be in the real world. Well, look around right now. If you know a comic book shop, if you consider them friends if you consider them places you go to, if you consider them local businesses, however you see them in your world, they're part of your world and you have an opportunity to save part of that world. You have the chance to be a hero right now. And uh, I wouldn't have thought of that until you started talking, Steve. So thank you, man. That uh, touched me in a really great way and it reminded me of how all of these stories we love are available because of these shops. Yeah, and we can absolutely. go back and uh-huh. reread those stories right now and be inspired by them so that we can be there for those shops, the way the stories they give us have been there for us when we needed them most. That's that's a, a gift that uh, we owe a great deal of ourselves to keep giving, you know, and to give in yeah. return. And these days, you know, back in the day, you could find comics at drugstores and convenience yeah. stores, things like that. Now, not anymore. You can't. Now you have got to go to the comic shop. So if those comic shops disappear, that's all you got. So, you know, support them in any way that you can uh, right now. In brightest day, in blackest <laughs> night, support your comic shop. Do what's right. <laughs> and DC are doing the same. When it comes to their freelancers and all the writers and artists who are working from home and not going into the bullpen, into the DC offices. Um, A lovely message and uh, press release from DC regarding coronavirus came out this week. Uh, Brad, Seth, what did you make of this story? You know, uh, the freelance letter, I'm glad that they made that public, that it wasn't just kind of circulated internally in the company. Uh, 
because it does give fans something and it and to hold on to that they are still working that things are still moving ahead that you know work is still being done it hasn't come to a complete stop and uh, uh to me that that's that's encouraging so uh you know dc like everybody we're taking it one day at a time and uh you know thank you for keeping the fans you know informed and thank you for supporting the freelance your freelance workers seth what do you think I was really moved by this story. I love the fact that this statement was made public and that through this statement, we can see something that I've always championed, which is knowledge and information. When you have knowledge and information and you share it with others, you breed confidence. You're sowing seeds because each person who hears that message can turn to another person and just pass it along, plant another seed. With that sort of confidence, there can grow uh, a feeling, a shared feeling that, yes, this is difficult, but we also know what's going on. We know what to expect. And we know that if there are changes in the future, just like now, someone's going to let us know. They're going to tell us what's happening. They're going to keep us in the know. And by being informed, we can make the best actions individually and as a community. That's that's something I would love to see in any situation from any group that knows that it has people depending on them to let them know where they stand and what they can expect. That That's a gift. And I, I think it's also a, a really great example of what we should want, hope and expect from all comics companies, but I think also all companies uh, in general. Steve, what was your take, my friend? Absolutely. It shows that DC may be one of the biggest publishers of anything on this earth, but the respect they have for the talent that's working for them, uh, the respect and love they have for their readers, it just shines through when they make a message which could have been kept completely under wraps between them and their talent pool. When they make this kind of thing public, as you say, it it just adds uh, confidence in the company to us as fans and readers it's just a wonderful thing to see and when you see huge distributors global distributors like diamond unable to continue physically bringing books to the public the fact that dc is still committed to when this thing's all over their talent pool and their fans it's a great thing to see and case in point with the following story the fact that they've released a statement and a backup plan uh, possibly dealing with multiple distributors moving forward once the crisis dies down slightly uh, and that there's a way forward with their future Um, again it just adds confidence brad would you make of the dc's ongoing model to deal with the coronavirus after this immediate crisis yeah i think they it's going to be interesting to see because they might change the business uh you know it's a little too early to say um but i I love their pursuit to try to get to get product into people's hands one way or another you know i got to hand it to them because they know that their fans uh not 
even though we have to be patient, a lot of times comic fans want things now. And as a general rule, comics, a month-to-month comic is one of the, is probably the shortest, or I'm sorry, the longest, slowest storytelling there is right now. Because generally you would have to wait for maybe a week for a TV show. Uh, and with streaming and binging and things like that. But with comics, you have to wait a month between the next installment of that story if you are following it month to month uh and if you follow me in trades you kind of have to wait six months so uh you know comic fans want their material and kudos to dc to try to figure out a way to get it into our hands uh seth what do you think i think this is a really smart move on their part i think right now there's a recognition that the current system might not be able to continue the way we've enjoyed it once the coronavirus uh, has passed and we're able to resume business or that business might not just pick right back up, that there might have to be a new approach and that considering multi-distributor model might be an option that can help with that. They don't know what the short or the long-term uh road looks like right now the terrain is so uncertain it's kind of like being out on choppy seas you can guess but really each kick is going to knock you one way or the other and trying to get your bearings in a moment like that you have to either wait for the tide to subside or you have to navigate to calm enough waters that you can sort of get that perspective i feel like right now considering all the best ways to get comics into the hands of fans to get them to stores and to make sure that there are as few interruptions to that as possible no matter what could occur in the future that's a really smart approach it's something that shows that there's an awareness that just because things were working up until now doesn't mean that that's the way that we're going to continue and that it might be in the best interest of everyone if there is a system that can manage situations like this should they come up in the future instead of you know dealing with them the way we currently have to and i think you have to be as flexible as possible this is a great way of doing it steve what was your take flexibility absolutely because there's several different ways that different size uh businesses in the comic book industry work i mean a Back in the day when uh, newsstands and corner stores used to get comic books, they were literally sale or return that they got given the issues. The ones they sold, great, they kept the profit for. Others they returned, possibly at a loss to DC. With the advent of the direct market, um, depending on the size of the store, some would buy some. Any they didn't sell, they'd keep a stock for their back issue uh, businesses or whatever else or to sell online, anything forward. Uh, but the smaller businesses still relied on literally whatever they couldn't sell, they'd return. The fact that DC, for any book that was due to go on sale between March the 18th all the way up to June 24th this year will be fully returnable. And they'll even provide credit for separate return shipping of the items shows how much commitment DC have for the comic book stores and retailers. And that just fills my heart with joy. They've got a process in mind. They've got a business plan moving forward and they're working possibly on dealing with other distributors, not just Diamond, which 
to me um sorry diamond that's a good thing because you have been in charge and almost a virtual monopoly of worldwide comic book distribution for far too long and there needs to be some healthy competition out there there needs to be other ways of getting these books to readers so dc i absolutely salute you um thank you for sharing this with your fans and readers and uh listen every success in the future we love you guys this is the dc comics news podcast for a reason so let's talk about one comic that did come out this week and the trailer for it which um really made me sit up and take notice dc comics gotham high trailer has launched and um brad what did you make of selena and her divided loyalties <laughs> i i'm not ashamed to say that i watch uh riverdale and this reminded me of that type of story uh you know if we hadn't had gotham uh, you know telling a story of early bruce wayne and uh things like that i would say they could make a tv series out of this put it on the cw leave it out of the 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 Arrowverse, but yeah, I think it would be, uh, I think it would be successful. So yeah, I mean, this, this looks like fun and it's, you know, I always like to say that what DC is doing with their characters to bring in new audiences is really cool to watch these days. And this is a perfect example of that. Uh, it could definitely bring in, uh, a different audience than normally reads comics. Uh, Seth, what'd you think? I think that was one of the sauciest trailers I've seen in some time. Um, <laughs> Saucy. <laughs> indeed. There is something seductively salacious about Miss Selena. I do love alliteration when it lines up like that. How else can you – it's like a big, juicy, slow pitch right over the plate. Like, just crush it. I mean, there were so many great pieces of that. I, I loved – the idea of Bruce Wayne is someone that everyone follows. But Jack, Jack plays a different role. And they both have this magnetism because of that, which is, of course, one of those undeniable powers when it comes to high school life. Um, seeing Selena pointing out that she believes this triangle is the perfect geometric shape, one considered to be the strongest in all of geometry, uh, as being what she wants. I, I love that. I love the idea of these two opposing forces. For some reason, I can't get the phrase devil caught between the devil and the deep blue sea out of my mind. You choose which is which. But I like the idea of Selena as this character knowingly pitting herself between two, well, very diverse personalities to very different men and yet at the same time sharing a attraction with a woman who clearly gets what she wants knows what she wants and doesn't have any plans of going anywhere steve how about you it was a crazy crazy trailer and seeing the two characters that have all often described as the different sides of the coin, uh, the different cards on the deck, the the yin, the yang, the polar opposites, having this triangle, having this 
Selena in the middle who loves them both in her own words is just a brand new spin on the whole story and i want to know who plays selena because that voice is not just alluring and provocative she's a little bit scary and i'm really feeling that plus the whole thing that that trailer is so now with the millions of followers for bruce and the fact that jack's charismatic and handsome even if he hasn't got all the followers and the whole business of social media and i got a a vintage breakfast club vibe from it where you've got your Mr. Popular and you've got your not so popular, but he's cool as hell and he's handsome and all the different ways and aspects to it. And like Brad said, DC have got really cool ways of putting fresh spins on vintage characters. And this is a book I now want to read on a strength of, yeah, a trailer for a graphic novel. Who knew these things didn't exist five or six years ago? But when they're marketed this way, it just adds interest. It adds interest. It adds speculation. And it makes me want to read a story which, honestly, if I hadn't watched this trailer, I don't know if I really would have picked up. So nice one, DC. I like it. And on our final comic book related story, again, Something people can do to escape boredom, to escape doldrums, activities. So many activities. DC Universe, thank you. Brad, what do you make of these kids camp activities for the fans? Yeah, I think that that's thank you is a great is a great statement. Uh, because right now, even if you can work from home, people with kids, they still have to keep the kids entertained and uh, try to still keep them learning and things like that. And these little things can really help with that. And it's really a big benefit and a help for parents. And hopefully, you know, in the end, it'll make comic book fans out of some of these uh, kids who do see this content. And, you know, hopefully you'll be they'll be fans for life so I, I think it is a really good thing to dc to do i think it's very helpful and i think that thank you thank you to see dc is a great it's a great statement seth what do you think i love this i mean i think this is so awesome my sister's got three kids uh i i bless her for her amazing resilience and how she manages life just on a day-to-day basis but now with them at home I've been trying to check in to see how they're handling things. I I recently put together a little care package with books and toys and some games, just like, hey, this is stuff I I try and collect and and get for you guys and put together. But this announcement is huge. As soon as I messaged, when we read this story, I immediately copied the link, sent a text to my sister who said, can you email this to your niece? I was like, send me your address. And I shot it off to her. I, I can't wait to hear you know, how much of this she's able to pick up on, what she's able to do with it. Um, I, I love the list. I mean, so many great names do, you know, and part of so many great projects recently, some of which I remember talking about on here, whether it's Superman of Smallville, Diana, Princess of the Amazons. So, you know, Green Lantern Legacy. I mean, it, it looks like you have so much great talent willing to participate in this. And Brad, like you were just pointing out, Parents need all the help they can get, you know, whatever it is that you 
have access to that can give kids a chance to escape the feeling of being stuck in their house, which for me was like, ah, unless I was watching television or some other thing that I wanted, there was nothing better than riding my bike somewhere, getting outside in the fresh air, running, playing, getting dirty, usually scuffing up my jeans and coming home with scabby knees. But knowing like the freedom of being outside and not having that, everything that helps right now is a gift to parents. This is an amazing gift. You know, kudos to DC. Way, way to look at who can really benefit right now, who can really be supported right now, and then providing that great support with this amazing, this amazing camp. I mean, you know, it's like summer day camp right now in March. <laughs> Steve, how about you? And not only that, it's summer day camp from the comfort of your own home and featuring some, just like you said, amazing amazing talents who are producing some of the best kids stories out there right now i mean i've read some of these graphic novels as a grown-ass man and absolutely mm-hmm. love them so seeing their creators uh speaking to younger audiences showing them how these books are made and not just that providing a whole bunch of really cool stuff for kids to get into and like you said brad to become lifelong fans because of it. And you think Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific. So great time when the kids are up, the parents can grab themselves a coffee, sit down, even join in with them if they want to. If not, the kids can can just go crazy with coloring pages, blank comic book pages. I mean, I would have mm-hmm. killed for stuff like that at that age. Uh, graphic novel previews. So we're looking at these books that are going to be coming out or have just come out uh, and ways to get the kids interested in reading the book and tons of downloadable content which you can share with your kids their friends uh stuff you can do as a parent with the kids as an uncle or as an aunt uh, you can print out and get it out to them and then it's stuff you can do together when the travel bans lifted and uh, when you can go out and see the kids this is brilliant and this is the kind of thing that hey my son's 25 if i can download this stuff and i can sit on the floor break out the crayons and the marker pens and draw Batman with my boy. Hell yeah. I'm doing it. (laughs) Fantastic. I don't care how old I am. I don't care how old he is. This is wonderful, wonderful stuff. Like we said, guys, thank you, DC. Brilliant. Yeah. What a, what an amazing gift. And I just remembered something too, that sticks with me right now. Did you get it? Either you guys get a chance to pick up anything or, or read any of the issues from Superman smashes the clan? By, uh, oh G. yeah brilliant. Uh, it was brilliant, so good brilliant brilliant brilliant, brilliant. Mm. you know what i love about that book is at the end when he starts talking everything. about the history that he well yes everything about it was amazing but what stuck with me was the the resource he was drawing from the fact that so much of what he was looking at was a retelling of this great story from the old superman radio series. yeah yeah and the fact that if you can tie that in for the kids what a great thing to expose them to as well. What a great insight to the DC history through the radio program that you can now have this connection to through someone like Gene Luen Yang and Superman Smashes Glant. I was as soon as I saw his name on there, I was just like, if you if you do this right, you know, you could have kids diving back into the, you know, the as they call them, the annals of history <laughs> when it comes to DC <laughs> comics and seeing all of this great stuff that 
maybe in the fast paced world, maybe in the day to the day where everything is 15 second bites, it's not as possible. But right now, when you have a chance to just set back and immerse yourself, what what a great experience. Now I'm going to have to go looking around for where you can get that. And I mean, man, this is a this was huge. Uh, This was I mean, aside from the talent. Just seeing where there's these opportunities to to go back and and like you said, Steve, even if you don't do that, Superman smashes the clan. Everything about it was something to love. Um, so many of these great books are already geared towards kids. Uh, it, it's just such a really smart idea and and again a gift, such a gift. It really is when you see a story so well told beautifully drawn in a style that just draws the eye and and grabs your attention but then when you also realize that it's taken from a historical moment that inspired the creator who's inspiring you if they can then do that and get kids involved in the history and what brought them to make this story in the first place again brad anything that gets kids reading is good it's that simple that, that that's the long and short of it if you get kids interested in great storytelling that guarantees that 10 15 20 25 years down the line you're going to have great new creators who've been brought up loving these characters mm-hmm. the same way we did as kids the same way we are now and that's just a thing of beauty it's just a wonderful wonderful thing yeah for sure and on that note, our final story of the evening, also related to DC Universe Online, is the f- story that Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey, and a certain Miss Poison Ivy are going to be uh, given a all-player... Oh, I don't even know how to put it. Another lease of life in a new medium. That's probably the best way of looking at it. <laughs> Um, Brad, as our resident game expert, because again, this is technology that scares me, but with characters I adore, what do you make of this great story? I think this is a great idea. Um, and the way they kind of had it framed is like this is entire new storylines in the game, which is great right now because a lot of people are inside playing video games right now. Uh, so to have this new content right now when so many people can be exposed to it is just a good idea. And it's another thing that's good for fans because they have new material to play through. And the characters are kind of hot right now because of the movie and even the animated series. So, yeah, I just think this is a uh, a brilliant idea. Um, you know, GameStop kind of was there was rumors or maybe they did. They tried it to plead their case that they were essential business. <laughs> because of people who would need to be playing video games during this, this time. day and so, age, they, I think they are. Yeah, yeah. They are. Uh, just to be able to stay open. And I tell you, before everybody went on lockdown, you know, the stores that I would go into, the one that was the most packed was GameStop. So, you know, to, to sum it up, I, I just think that, you know, uh, it's just a great time. I think that uh, fans of the game are going to love it and they're going to have time to play it and really get through it. Uh, Seth, what do you think? I suddenly miss the fact that I don't have a gaming system of some kind. I want to play. <laughs> I don't know I, what else to say. Now, but I'm like, yeah. Now is the time. 
get that and get the Arkham games, and you will be good for the entire lockdown. Um, okay. They are they're really that good. Time to have a negotiation with my wife. Gentlemen, fare me well. <laughs> Wish me the best. Um, I shall, of course, gird myself so I can, you know, survive the experience. But, man, because I'm looking at it going, but DC Universe Online, can I just log on to a website and just boop-a-doop-a-doop? But um, even, even just what I'm reading here just makes me smile and think to myself. And now that I've got all the time, this seems like the perfect time. Brad, you might have just sown the seeds of my destruction. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Because, you know, you can die in a lot worse ways. Steve, how about you, my friend? Seth, I am about to make things so much worse for you. My son, dear God, <laughs> um, back in June of last year, decided with his uh, girlfriend to pick up the full version of the Nintendo Switch. And I am slowly being dragged back into the world of video gaming because this thing is incredible it's a handheld console but it's literally got a back catalog of virtually every classic not just nintendo but sega game whatever else that you can play on as a handheld console but then the sides of it slip off and it becomes a controller where you can play the same games on your tv so let me tell you that again, Seth. This is not magic. This is not science fiction. This is a handheld console, which is also a TV console, which also got a back catalogue of amazing, amazing games. And this game we've just talked about is available on that too. The craziest thing is, unlike a PlayStation or an Xbox, which if you get the full-on um, all seeing your dancing version is hundreds and hundreds of bucks. You can pick up a Nintendo Switch for under 200. Yes. I'm oh, sorry. Black Arts. Black Arts. I'm so, black so, arts so, I'm so, so sorry. And, it's okay. Um, <laughs> listen, the fact you can play Sonic and Mario as well and Tomb Raider and all those other classics plus this new cool DC content. Um, Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> it's over. It's That's happening. It. It's happening. Boomed. That's done. <laughs> um, so there's no longer an excuse because honestly, for uh, under a couple of hundred bucks, that Nintendo Switch thing, seriously, it's. Did, have you played Nintendo Switch, Brad? I know you're probably oh, yeah. a bit more high yeah, end yeah, than yeah, us. Yeah. You probably got a, yeah. a PlayStation 5000 oh, okay. uh, and uh, all, but, uh, the Switch, Xbox the, 11. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, the, the switch is great because it does have an amazing crazy. that that is just getting better and better um as they i can't really get my head around it there. yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that's that's one thing that people are really loving about it is the fact that they can take these games that everywhere yeah everywhere and games that came out a few years ago as well as like you were saying yeah. classic old games so yeah i mean it's a it's a very big success for uh for nintendo for sure yeah yeah people just love the switch my, my okay. ancient mind is has been blown away by the nintendo switch i i just like i grew up with an atari 2600 for oh, god's sake with, the, with with the with the joystick which was like a <laughs> stick of licorice that was made out of wood and you couldn't even move it but the slightest touch and pac-man used to go crazy and now the 
this thing, which is a beautiful little handheld console, is also your TV video gaming system. Uh, I just can't get my head around it. My, my ancient mind is dribbling out of my ears. At <laughs> but that's it. And that's where we'll leave this uh, show on a high. I've got my brain semi-working again. Uh, technology has blown my mind. But I've got a ton of great comics to read as well. So, Brad, Seth, thank you again for a wonderful uh, conversation. Um, let our listeners and readers know where they can find your wondrous works throughout the World Wide Web. Brad? Uh, you can find me uh, writing news and reviews at DC Comics News, as always. And you can find me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter as One More Singleton, on Instagram as Set the Writer. Uh, you can find my reviews on DC Comics News. You can find me here with this fine group. Um, you know what? Just type my name, Seth Singleton, in the word story into a search engine. Find me in whatever way you best choose to navigate and send me a message because I'm always curious what route you take and how we connect. So looking forward to a conversation with you. Steve? Again, go to your search engine of choice, enter the words Steve J. Ray, and that'll give you links to all my reviews, interviews, conversations, and craziness across both DC Comics News and our sister site, Dark Knight News, where I'm also editor-in-chief. And this great show you're listening to is just one of three which you can find on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. Uh, the other two are, of course, the Spinner Rack, where our friend Seth can help you sort through the mountains of comics that are released every week by DC and giving you his pick of the top five so you know where to spend your time and your money. And the third show is about Batman the Animated Series. It's with my son and I, and very soon extra guests who love the show as much as we do will break down once a week an episode of that classic and wonderful series. All these three shows can be found across the podcast channels of your choosing. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you will find us it's the same with dc comics news and with dark night news you can find us all across social media on facebook twitter youtube and everywhere else you can possibly imagine tumblr the world is our mollusk and like starro the conqueror we will attach ourselves to your faces and never ever let you go so Having said that, this has been episode 65 of the DC Comics News Podcast. I hope it was as much fun to listen to as it was to put together. And wherever you are, we'll be there waiting for you. Listen to us, rate us, review us. Let us know your thoughts and send us your love. We'll be waiting to hear from you. And in the meantime, Brad, Seth, what does everyone out there need to do? Read. More. Comics. <laughs> <laughs> we shall return. <laughs>